today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 8, After Before. All that right with this ad we have no control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name's Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, what is happening on my friend? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s what's happening, sir? You know what? You're right. It is. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is happening indeed. Um, so, those of you listening in the distant future, uh, we this is the episode where we find out what happened in the 80s to the rest of the crew while Mac I and D... happened in the 80s. <laughs> that's true. I also... I, I think I, I was born during this episode, actually. They jump around a little bit, you know? It was pretty likely, 83, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were like, oh, it's October. It's like, there's a mat. <laughs> <laughs> oh man how dare the mcu leave my birth out um they should have very, included that it's very important yeah it's a very important event in the yeah, mcu for sure for sure uh so this is the episode where while uh mac and the d have their little storyline we kind of find out what happens with the rest of the crew they're skipping through time and so may and yo-yo go to afterlife to find out what is going on with good old Jia ying Daisy's mother. We kind of get a look at an 80s afterlife. The thing to, to remember about why they go to afterlife, though, is because the the time drive has a field around it that it, it's pulsing and it's disintegrating anything that comes close to it. And it's pulsing so fast that only Yo-Yo would be able to get in and turn it off before you know the next pulse comes and disintegrates her but her powers aren't working so they're like we know somebody who knows about inhuman powers let's go talk to them yeah so we get uh they go they go to find out and what's what's really uh, an interesting quandary is they realize that by going they're going to talk to daisy's mother before daisy was born and so they could be um eliminating daisy from the timeline which was whoops uh it's, it's interesting that they just didn't they didn't really have that discussion out they, they mention it but they don't really like i wish we would have gotten something with daisy being like well it's just this is too important even if i'm never born like this has to happen or whatever you know <laughs> yeah well she's uh she's still weak from getting glands removed yeah she still could have used her words. I just wish she had a little agency. I know they talked about it, but like I just didn't feel like she really made the decision to stop existing, which I would have liked. Not that she would stop existing. That's not how time travel works, all that good stuff. Yeah. Are you saying the Back to the Future is bullshit? <laughs> it would have been really... Uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of torn on whether I, I want this to happen or not, now that I think about it. Um, so, they're in the past... And, you know, they were, they were like losing, losing your parents didn't do you any harm or whatever. And he's like, yeah, but I was already born as what Mac was saying, at least. Mm -hmm. And he looks over at Daisy, if I recall correctly. And it could have been, could have been fun if Daisy had not been in the room. Like I kind of forgot that she existed until she came walking out and was like, I want to help. And they're like, whoa, whoa, you're, you're sick. You, you need to be healing or, you, you know, not sick, but you're still, you're still injured. You need to be healing. I was like, oh yeah, right. She's a character. I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like if she was in the healing chamber or whatever and stayed there the whole episode and maybe some people were talking about her outside the the chamber and, you know, occasionally looking in like, I hope she gets better soon. Um, if they if May and Yo-Yo go to go to afterlife, do their stuff, come back, you know, Yo-Yo figures herself out and then they look over in the healing pod and there's nothing there. I, you know, I thought about that too. Well, when, cause that, that's what happens in, I thought about that during the episode. Cause like they, right after that's all happens, they go back and the camera lingers on her inside the healing chamber. And I was like, are they going to pull it back to the future here? Like, is she about to disappear? <laughs> cause that's like kind of what it seems like. Um, and luckily that didn't happen. Cause that would have definitely conflicted with in game time travel rules. <laughs> Well, yeah, that just would go to show that nobody understands time travel. Yeah, I guess I guess so. They talk about fits in this episode and like I don't know if they're trying to say like they they've talked in the past like they're following the the wakes left by the um or the tides left by the um or the, they're they're following the same tides that the chronicoms are riding on. So they're kind of following the chronicoms is what I thought. Um yeah. And then it turns out uh, in, in this that she also says Fitz has been moving them. So I guess maybe it's Fitz that's watching the time streams and having them follow. But now they've been damaged and now they're just skipping like a stone or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they pointed out in this episode that or somebody asked in this episode that, um, you know, the the chronicoms are gone. Why are we still jumping? Yeah, because I thought we were following them. And then Simmons is just like, oh, well, no, the plot needs us to keep going. <laughs> Basically. Hey, well, see, that's the thing is it's like it kind of feels like, yeah, the plot, they're doing whatever they want to to have the stories they want to tell, which I'm fine with generally. But it also feels a little bit like they're. Um, there's a mystery here and I can't tell if there's I can't tell if this is a deliberate mystery of what's going on. I, I do think something mysterious is happening because we still haven't seen fits and we're eight episodes in, you know, um, God, it's killing me. Yeah. Five episodes left of the show and there's no fits yet. Um, so that's a bummer. I just don't know, man. I just don't know. And she was talking to him and I wanted, I wanted like at the end of it for it to, to show him listening to that message and like tears streaming down his face, you know? Yeah. No, I really want fits. I really want fits soon. I need him back. Oh, but, oh, Okay. Uh, sorry. Did you, did you hear the call out? The amazing call out when, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, when Sousa was like, you know, I used to be a paratrooper in the army and, <laughs> and she, he, he asked Simmons, have you ever jumped out of an airplane before? And she's like, yeah, twice. Only the second time I had a parachute. Yeah. Like that. Wonderful. Call back to episode two. Mm, such a great episode. Ed, oh, was it? Was it three? Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember the exact episode. I don't think it was two. But no, it's, two it's, was the way four. It was three. It was a gravitonium episode. Yeah, really great. When she jumps out of the plane and then fits, not knowing what he's doing, jumps after her. Yeah. Or tries to. He's about to. And then I think uh, Ward comes in. Yeah, he was about to. Ward comes in, takes the parachute, jumps puts the parachute on mid fall and then catches her. Yeah. Completely unrealistic, but it was great. Yeah, it was pretty great. 
Anyway, man, this season, this whole season, like we've been saying, is just a, a friggin' victory lap. Yep. It's been a great show, but they're just like doing whatever they want to this season. Just whatever the hell they want to like do. They just write the, like you said, because the plot needs it to like, and I'm fine with that. If it's just really good stories and fun things they're trying to tell, I'm fine with it. As long as they make it make a little bit of sense then I'm fine with it. And right now it's been, it's been pretty great. And uh, they gave what, what else in this episode? They gave Sousa a new leg. So, yep. Uh, so Enver Gilkaj no longer has to like limp around on set. Yep, which makes it him work a little better as that cop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In OG Avengers, yeah, they're gonna go to 2012, and he's gonna be just uniform. Oh my god! Speaking of people having new bodies, Coulson gets a full new body. <laughs> Coulson got reprinted. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it so much. I love when they walk in there, and he's like can you reboot him? And she says, yeah, but, and Max like, do it, just do, do it. it. We got to figure this out and we need Colson. And then he <laughs> says, good things. Good thing. You built my head before my legs. <laughs> Couldn't wait till I'm all here. <laughs> and then he's just sitting there sipping water. Like I was so thirsty. <laughs> oh, it's so goofy. Yeah, oh, it's real weird and goofy, but it's also like there's a lot of actual emotion going on there. Uh, and, and they they call it out. You know, they say something about the emotion. And he's like, I wonder how many ones and zeros it takes to achieve that feeling. Yeah, he's he's really having a hard like existential crisis with like what's going on with him and who is he and what is he and all this stuff. Um, I don't I, I, I I'm going to say this now and I don't I don't know. This is just a guess. I don't think he's making out of the season. No, no, I don't think Colson's going to last the season. I think he's going to, in the end, like, like he's already died so many times and come back and he seems really tired of existence. And like, I don't think he wants to be here anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the way that he acted, the way that he reacted really, um, to Simmons saying, it's going to be just like going to sleep. You know, your, your new body hasn't had time to charge up yet. Yeah. And we need to, we need to put you in here. It's going to be just like going to sleep. He's like, yeah, whatever. Sure. He says, sure it is. At least let me do it. And he grabs the Ah. button. He just, uh, I don't think he likes being a robot. He's like having a real problem with it. And I find that fascinating. I like that. There's some actual repercussions to him going through this. Cause we talked a lot about it. Like when he just shows up and he's him again, it's like, are they just going to, have him be Colson again. And no, the answer is they're, they're like giving him this. I love that. He has this power that he, he just dies and keeps, keeps on ticking. Uh, that's a lot of fun. The idea, but like, um, it's, it's, I don't know. I like that. I like that. He's emotionally having trouble with it. Cause anyone would you like, he's not, he doesn't, he knows that he is not him, you know? Yep. Yep. He knows that this is not, the him that uh, that was originally put into this world. Mm-hmm. Although this is not the version of even the the him that he knows him to be is not the oldest version of Phil Coulson, technically. Uh, you mean the one pre Avengers? I mean the the one that was created hundreds of years ago. Or generated by the the stones, by the monoliths. 
Oh, you're talking about the Sarge. Sarge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because apparently Sarge was created hundreds of years ago and has been chasing Izel forever. Yeah. So can we just forget that that story existed? Um. Yeah, I guess we could. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you're you. You're welcome. I am a benevolent. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm a benevolent dictator. Yes. <laughs> so I guess the main thrust of the episode is Yo-Yo trying to get her powers back. We get a lot about Yo-Yo, a lot of character work for Yo-Yo, which I, I, I appreciated, but I also found interesting um, how much time they spend on Yo-Yo here. Uh, with only a few episodes left, I'm like, th- this episode felt a little stalled to me because there's so much I want to happen in this series or I want like so many big things for the show. And it's like, there's four episodes, there's five episodes left. And uh, this one was about Yo-Yo getting over her past, which some of it's like stuff we didn't even really know about, like her getting her father killed uh, as a child. Um. That I was, think it was her uncle. Oh, okay. Sorry. But still, <laughs> yes. getting someone, getting a caretaker killed accidentally because she's impulsive. Yeah. That was her rough. impulse. Her lack of impulse control is hurting people throughout her life. Yeah. I know this was from a previous season, but who was the person we saw hanging in her vision? Do you know who I'm talking about? The, the shot I'm talking about? Uh, it was somebody on... Uh, in the lighthouse in season six. Okay. No. Season six? Mm, five. Lighthouse five, was five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it was it was somebody in the future in the lighthouse that was an example was made of them. Okay. That's right. They like get them to help and uh and then they kill that girl. That's right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she just has a lot of regret. So, I guess, I don't know. This kind of storyline always kind of irks me a little bit. Like, the idea that um, she's been Yo-Yo. Her name is Yo-Yo this whole time because she bounces back, you know? And the idea that that's all been psychological this whole time is weird to me. Yeah, it doesn't line up with... Uh, her comic book powers either. No, I, and and you know me, I don't I don't care about that so yeah, much. You don't mind on that, but like it's one of those. That's one of the the charming quirks that makes her unique. Yes, she's not just another speedster. Agreed. I, I I like it in general that that's her power, but I also I just generally find it stupid when people's like superpowers are tied to like their love or forgiveness or whatever you know like <laughs> it's just kind of lame it just you know the love for your mother is stronger than your hatred of shaw right first it's, class yeah exactly that's that's we'll see but at least in that it's like actual feelings they're making a decision based on feelings when you're like tying supernatural elements in the show like the superpowers to that sort of thing it it i don't know i i find that annoying generally i i didn't hate it hate it here uh, but i did i well i guess i kind of did i guess i kind of do <laughs> i didn't hate it being the problem with her powers not working that made sense to me but like it unlocking her new ability to move through space without bouncing back was weird to me oh yeah like i i would understand if it's if it's uh psychosomatic um inhuman ed you know right, exactly that's that's, and, what they're, that's what they seem to be going for 
Yeah, they're going for psychosomatic and human ED. And like, that's fine. But she doesn't bounce back farther. You know, it's like she does. It shouldn't be that, oh, I fixed the thing and now my power is even stronger for it. Right. Maybe that's what they're going for is like if you, you know, if you heal the traumas of the past, you can you can be stronger. You can be a better, stronger person for it. And that's cool and all. But that's not how superheroes work. (laughs) Right. That's that's what's weird. It's like we haven't seen any other inhuman tie their powers in such a specific way to the way their psychology and that felt a little strange yeah um overall afterlife was strange i felt like there were only four people there <laughs> until the very end like they, they have a whole like the whole episode is just the four it's lee gordon Ying, and cora and i think that's all you see for like the first 40 minutes of this episode then the very end there's like i have to go back and save my people and it was like wait there are people here (laughs) (laughs) yeah see they're right there they they're bound and gagged yeah i was like what so we don't have to pay them (laughs) exactly that's exactly what it felt like we don't have to pay all these extras because they're non-speaking roles Mm -hmm. gag them before we get there (laughs) (laughs) with the the, the crew um (laughs) (laughs) It's, oh, it's real I silly. wish they would set up this shot. I'm starting to get hungry. Um, did you find it creepy that Sousa was watching Daisy sleep in the healing chamber, or was it sweet? Let's play a new round of creepy or sweet. <laughs> I found this one to be sweet, um, mostly because I shipped them real hard. Yeah, I do too. But I, I feel like in many other situations, it would be creepy that an un, unconscious Daisy's laying there and he like sets up camp in his little chair to watch over her. Uh, well, I mean, I don't he know. did rescue her from hell, you know? Yeah, or that's true. Pseudo, you know, I, I mean, she had just gotten. I'm, I ship him too. I, I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> And, you know, that's the kind of guy he is, though, that you know, I, I got you back safe, but I'm going to make sure that you get a full recovery. Yeah. And and the thing about him standing over her, the reason I thought it was awkward is because the whole shot made me think she was about to disappear. And I was like, man, that shot lingered over her for a while. Why is he sitting there? It's weird. Uh, but I guess I guess not too bad. It was so that he could bend his new knee. Yeah. Which I don't know how he interfaces with that thing. They didn't install anything in his body. I guess he just plugs his leg in and it assimilates. Well, we have prosthetics now that work pretty dang well without sitting how to interface. It's all about it. It, it kind of depends on where the leg is amputated and all that stuff. I mean, we we we, we, we should <laughs> we are not experts on this. We, we have a friend who probably could answer more of these questions. <laughs> Yeah, I have a friend who I saw the guy for years and he had a he had a bit of a he was a rapper. okay, and he had a bit of a limp, but it looked like a gangster limp, like like one of those affected sort of like (laughs) it did not look awkward at all. It looked very deliberate, like it looked like and he was a rapper. So I I just thought it, it was part of his drip, as they say. (laughs) <laughs> and then yeah i'm dumb I'm one, with it. one day for my birthday we had a jello wrestling party <laughs> because i like where this is going i was i was in my 20s once <laughs> and 
only once though. B- by the way, mostly men wrestled in the Jello. Uh, oh man! I think they were all trying to con- like you know, hey, look, it's fun, guys. But no, just men wrestling in Jello is what happened at my birthday party. Uh, but that guy got out there to wrestle, and he took his leg off. I mean, he didn't want it to get sticky. Yeah, it's just I never knew. I never knew he had a prosthetic leg at all. Like, I'd known the guy for years, and he had just this little, like, limp to him, and I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was an affect. Uh, apparently, he had one, he only had one leg. All right. Yeah, I just thought that was a crazy, uh, crazy little thing. And he was awesome at jello wrestling. He's a really fit dude, and he was, like, using this lack of leg to get out of every hole. It was awesome. He was, like, swinging around the guy. It was awesome. Anyway, back to S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So, the big thing about this episode, they don't win, right? Uh, Sort of. She gets her powers back. Well, no, man. She gets her powers back. She pulls the... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It, well, they, they think they won. Yeah, they think they won. Then they jump anyway. And they then jump the, anyway. The thing happens that they're worried about at the beginning of the episode. They say a jump within a jump. And we have no idea what that would mean. And I think that's what we are going to get. And like, what does that mean? What is a jump within within well, the time stream? You jump into the time stream again? Like, I don't well, know. Okay, Matt, when you use a warp whistle, when you're in the warp whistle world, you just go to the end. Right. That's how Mario works. That's that, how this that's should how work. Mario works. That's how Shield works. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I've, there's a precedent set. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I've seen this before. You're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> so this episode ends with you know they jump into whatever this means, whatever's going to happen. Uh, that's and, where Fitz is. Ooh, maybe it is hiding at the edge of the edge of the universe. Um, yeah. But also, Cora joins Nathaniel. And they capture themselves a bunch of Inhumans, and um, Zha Ying and Gordon go teleporting off to do something. It's like, man, we had one, <laughs> we had Hydra in S.H.I.E.L.D. for way longer than it should have been, and now we have Nathaniel collecting Inhumans for experimentation. Like, this is getting, the timeline is real mucked up at this point. Yeah, they are, they're way off course. Yep. The, there's definitely some waves and some they have built dams this is no longer the same timeline i mean max parents are dead but that's like the smallest thing that we've seen change the storyline you know <laughs> yeah at this point that's that is pebbles compared to what's going on <laughs> they should call someone pebbles they did who was Pe- oh that's right the rock guy flint was pebbles where was flint didn't he like come to the normal timeline at the end of a season? Um, yeah, he did. Last season, he showed up in our normal timeline. They brought him back to rebuild the uh, monolith, and I don't think he died. Uh, they just got off the ship and left him there. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Where? How am I just realizing this? We've been through eight episodes, and I'm just realizing Pebbles is missing. Oh man, that's funny. Maybe Pebbles is with Fitz. Maybe. I don't know. It, that's really strange. I remember, now, now that I'm thinking about it, I remember last season that happened. It, he showed up and I was like, oh, clearly they want him in next season. We talked about that. And no, I guess not. I guess he's just gone. He didn't die, did he? I don't remember him dying. I don't think he did. No, I don't think so either. I, last thing I remember is him trying to, um, uh, uh, sitting in a, in a ship, trying to put the earth back together. 
Oh, no, that was the end of season that was five. In, yeah, that was at the end of season five. That was in the future where he was, you know, yeah. he stayed there and decided to try to put it all back yeah, together. And then Izel brings him to the past to put the monoliths together or uses someone to maybe she creates him. I don't I don't remember, man. It's uh, season six. Why did you do this to us? <laughs> I feel like I know this show pretty well. And season six, it's the most recent season, and it feels like a black box of information in my head. Like, I just don't know anything <laughs> about you, season six. You packed it up. <laughs> you you stuck it in a box where we never have to talk about it. And then at this point, I don't know why we keep opening it, but we keep opening that box. And, like, we look in there like, is it? In? Oh, nope. Nope. Just shit. No. Nope. Yep. I don't like that at all. Keep opening it and realizing, like, oh, wait, no. Pebbles didn't show up. Well, why did he show up in the last episode? Like everything I remember, I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't like that season very much. Okay. Well, I do think it's about time we get into some uh, feedback. Uh, we are going to jump real quick and do a commercial break, which is something we've never done before. So please don't be mad at us. We'll see you guys in 30 seconds. And we are back. Let's get into some feedback about this episode, my friend. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Haley Hobbs says this season just really makes me want more Agents of Shield on Disney Plus. I'm I'm with that. I, yeah, like I I think we we talked a little bit about this. She she commented over on the patron Patreon, um, and I I I want more. Like this has been so good, I want more. But I'm also I know part of the reason it's so good is because it's the final season. They're putting a lot of effort into it. Like it's it, as we keep saying, it's a love letter or a victory lap. And that makes it better. You know, they're making it, yeah. it's making it actively better because they're really caring about how, where they in. I think season six, the problem with season six is they're trying to come up with a story to tell instead of having the end in mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was like, how do we keep telling the or how do we keep telling a story? Because they thought that season five was it, you know, because that's where Coulson died and that they went off into space. That could have been a perfect like brush your hands off. We're done. But then they were like, ah, oh, crap, we, we got renewed. Uh, well, we got to keep Philip J or maybe not Philip J, but we got to keep Clark Gregg around. Uh, give him a different character, somebody that just got made up on the spot. Well, how do we make that work? Uh, Strike. Mm, just, he was near Monolith recently. Things happened. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, I was thinking about, you know, she's having all these regrets and stuff. And she does have one flash of her boyfriend from last season getting bat, bat faced. And um, I was just like, how is that not her whole regret that she didn't? <laughs> like, they finally gave her a, a little moment of like, they gave her like a little moment where she said in this episode, like, I just, it all happened so fast. I, I couldn't think. And I was like, you're yo-yo. Nothing happens too fast for you. Like, what <laughs> are you talking about? Oh, man. I, st- I still really bothers me that she let her boyfriend get, like, you have superpowers and you have robotic arms and you let a bat kill your boyfriend and it's your fault. You should feel regret. No, no superpowers for you. <laughs> you should feel regret. <laughs> they were going for the regret over being impulsive. Not being impulsive there was what got him killed. Maybe that should have been the point that May used to, to bring her back. Like, hey, you remember when you didn't act? Your boyfriend died. 
Yeah. And you know what? When the bad things happen and you have the power to stop them, they happen because of you. Okay. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> you know, I, w- I got to respond to Haley Hobbs and say, like, it... It would be great to have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. come to Disney+. Plus. It would be better than what they've recently added. Did you see that they added X-Men Apocalypse mm. to Disney+. Plus? Oh, no. Ugh. That's no good. <laughs> this is a great opportunity for you guys to go back and watch it and see what we're talking about in Monday Morning Movie Medics about why we need to fix that movie. That's right. Monday Morning Movie Medics, now wherever you get podcasts. And I gotta say, uh, on Stranger Tides, it's been up there for a while, and I just have not, I've been so slammed at work, I have not been able to find time to go and edit uh, our audio for that. So I'm sorry for everybody who's been waiting for that. Yeah, his, uh, your, your Monday Morning Movie Medics show is a very labor-intensive show. It's, it's, yes. it's a tough one. So I, I understand, um, but I'm not sure that people do. Uh, but we we have been bringing you guys lots of Pandavision, and we've got <laughs> we're gonna have like six episodes of Pandavision come out this week. Still, yeah, still left it's gonna be crazy. Left to come out in the next week or so, and then Umbrella Academy hits, and you oh, guys yeah. are gonna be covering that. Uh, I'm pumped, man. Lots Pandavision's gonna be fun. Four episodes of Pandavision that I still have yet to edit. We oh, don't yeah. have much to edit in those. We just gotta, you know, I just gotta do it real quick. It's a, it's a few edit points, but it's still like, oh my god, I just gotta get, a, I gotta get time. Yeah. And luckily, I'm taking tomorrow off of work, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna do a lot of editing. I'm gonna do a lot of podcasting. <laughs> like, I'm gonna record. I'm gonna edit. I'm gonna watch stuff. I'm gonna read yeah. this new book that I just got today. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We we like spent. It, it takes a lot of effort. It has taken a lot of effort to build these new shows that we're building. And it took a ton of effort to build Bingers Assemble. We did like 13 and a 13 episode run of X-Men movies. And then movies just stopped existing. It's like yeah. we took our time to build a movie podcast and then movies don't exist anymore. And then uh, now we've taken another few months to build Pandavision, a TV podcast. And I just don't. I'm scared of what's going to happen to the internet tomorrow is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> like we've got two weeks till uh, we, we start covering umbrella Academy and I'm scared that the internet won't exist anymore. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Cause it's, uh, it seems to go against everything that we try to do. <laughs> All right. Let's see. What, right. what does Emily have to say? Emily Sissel said, do LMDs use the bathroom? Colson was drinking so much water, but I don't think we have seen him eat anything. You know, I didn't notice it. When we were watching, but you you mentioned it too. There's a lot. There's a lot of water drinking, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, he specifically says I was so thirsty for a year and a half, but you know, I couldn't drink. I was just ones and zeros, or I, had, I didn't have a a body. Uh, Any, you know, he says like a body, mouth, stomach. I think whatever. But I'm like, why was he thirsty? Wait, why was he thirsty in digital form? Wait, what? So is yeah, he not he, digital anymore? I'm I'm confused. No, I think what he I think what he meant or uh, what I interpreted it as is that he was he said he was so thirsty for a year and a half, and I thought that that was when he was with Mac and Deke. Oh, that's uh, it. Yeah, you're right. You're, in you're Mac's right. headroom form. That's what it is. I thought you meant 
when he was a LMD, and I was like, wait, he's still an LMD, right? Like they did not have, yeah. they're not somehow printing him a more biological body this time, are they? <laughs> they're like, oh, we we tweaked the settings a little bit. You're coming out a little bit more organic, right? I feel like thirsty would have been the least of those conversations. Like, oh, by the way, <laughs> you're basically <laughs> an organic being now. That would be, uh, that by would the be way, strange. you have a functioning D again. <laughs> hey, he's he is fully functional all around. <laughs> Oh, that's a discussion for Strain of Panda After Dark. (laughs) It's a a quote from uh, Star Trek, actually. No, I know. Okay. I I didn't know. I didn't know if you got the Star Trek quote. Good job. I mean, I usually don't. But but sex-related ones? (laughs) Yeah. Those are the ones that I focus on. Yeah. I I seek them out. (laughs) Uh, Drew Craig said, hi, guys. (laughs) I really hate to compare a great episode like this to a Star Wars movie. Sorry, Matt. But the storyline of the Zephyr waiting for May and Yo-Yo to get back from their mission really reminded me of the Canto Bite storyline from The Last Jedi. Except this time, it paid off. I think that they are really building up to having Sousa become the cop in The Avengers. Uh, I'm so excited for next, next week's episode. For those who have seen Doom Patrol, you will be excited. Keep up the great work, Drew. Yes, I'm okay if Enoch takes my drummer position in Deke Squad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I wish we had more Deke Squad songs, because I want, like, all the silly versions of the songs he can't remember very well. That would be really wonderful. Yes. Uh, Help me out. What is Canto Bite? (laughs) Canto Bite was the ship Uh, in The Last Jedi. Okay. What's the sequence that he's talking about that this is similar to? Uh, It's the, the ship is having problems, but we have to go... Or was Canto Bite the ship? I think. Hold on. Canto Bite. No, is it the, 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 casino, the casino planet? That's the casino planet. If I'm remembering now. Okay. Ooh, look at, look yeah, at me. Yeah, Coastal City on a Desert Planet. Boom. Yeah, okay. Look at me. Sorry. I got the Star Wars thing right before you did. Mm. Okay. Look at me. Uh, sorry. All right. So Canto Bite was the, <laughs> the, the time when John Boyega and uh, the lady who completely removed herself from uh, social media because of this sequence. Uh, Rose, when they went to, or sorry, when Finn and Rose went to the casino. casino, Yeah. uh, Because something, you know, something's going wrong with the ship. We need fuel or, you know, we're being fired at, but they're running away real slow and that's happening. So we'll put that on the back burner in our minds and we'll go do something else. Uh, to try to help to save it. So May and Yo-Yo did that. Much of the same. And I love, oh my god, I love when they're going back to the uh, to the ship and May's like, you know, maybe they found another way to fix it. You know, they've had some time. You know, maybe, maybe, they, <laughs> maybe the team has figured out another way. And Yo-Yo's like, they've had 20 minutes. And she's yeah. like, ah, shit, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I love the scene where uh, May is talking to Simmons and says, you got to give me a timer. She hands her a watch, like, you got to give me a timer. I'm not doing time math. <laughs> 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 or you got to give me a countdown, that's what it was. got to yep. give me a countdown. I'm not doing time math. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it on multiple levels because I liked it. It's a good, it's a good joke. It's just funny to th- it's a funny sentence, but like, it's also really good. Um, like the, they're, it's so common for every hero on a team 
to be good at everything. You know what I mean? Like a hero is, you know, and I'm sure this show is probably guilty of it. Like may being on a mission and she like knows how to do some hacking or something, you know, like may's may know may has lots of other knowledge, but I like that may is like, I'm the one that punches things. You, you do the math thing, right? (laughs) I'm the cavalry. Yeah. You math for me. Yeah. Like she probably, maybe she could do the time math, but she's like, I'm not doing time math. I just, it's not my thing. (laughs) This is not my department. (laughs) Just like this disgruntled May, this time math is not my department. That's pretty great. Not my department. (laughs) Uh, JCJ hit us up on Twitter, said adding to you cast fresh prosthetic leg, easier ability to run and walk during the events in New York in 2012 in an NYPD uniform? Hashtag conspiracy. <laughs> Hashtag conspiracy. Thank you, JCJ. Yeah. I'm I'm with him. I think this is, I think we're going to get it. I think we're going to get it. Oh, I man. we're getting there. I, the, the thing is, I'd love for us to get it. But more than that, I would love, love, love for, like, us to see the backstage of the new Battle of New York. Like, that is, sounds amazing. Doesn't it? Really, really, Doesn't really it? does. Oh, man. Hold on. You know, I want to say in um, in Avengers, in OG Avengers, the Enver Yokaj looked more buff in that, uh, in, you know, that sequence when he's like, do we know what's going on here? Um in the Battle of New York, he looked more buff than like on screen than he does in Agent Carter and looked a bit more buff than he did at the beginning of the season. But this episode, I feel like he bulked up a little bit. Like I could tell that he he has been doing some work. Huh. His his neck and, and chest and shoulders are a little bit a little bit beefier. Mm. <clears throat> I don't notice that, I, things like that very well, but like, yeah, he's he's a dreamboat. So <laughs> So I I wonder, though, if he's like if he's working out to get back to that body shape so that it it flows right in and he is that person. Yeah, it would be really neat if they like cut together footage from the original, you know, the original film or like edited scene or cut scenes and stuff like it'd be so cool. It would be so cool. And it would be a perfect uh, bookend because that movie started the series mm-hmm. and then that movie would end the series or would it <gasps> dun, 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 dun. because you could also get Coulson going forward in like you know what if our team is on the battlefield and in game <laughs> no that's not gonna happen what I would what I would <laughs> think would be fitting is if this sh- uh, that movie started the show and then this particular series ended on that show, but it spun off this team into another show uh, like the Loki series. I would love to see these guys again. Like if um, they were the TVA. Yeah, man, for sure. Be awesome. I just got done watching uh, Thor the Dark World today and made me really interested to see this Loki show. <sighs> wonder how long that Loki show is going to be before it's in production or like before it's out because it's, you know, getting slowed down like everything else is. Yeah. yeah that's really bummer. unfortunate. Mm-hmm. God, quit bringing me down. I, I did nothing. Quit bringing Vin down. What's Vin got to say? 
Then said, I just want to say that this new episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. was really good. I don't think it had enough payoff with Xia Ying. I really wanted her to be doing some secret evil plan, but that was just my hope. And then he says, spoiler for next episode trailer. Ooh, well, we should move this to later in the thing. And I think then we're going to have to hold off on that one. Yeah. Uh, for I, now. I liked what they did so far with Xia uh, Ying, and I don't think we're done with her, is the thing. Yeah, it looks like we're coming back to her. Yeah, I think so, too. So I'm, I'm okay with what they've done so far. She does seem a lot more uh, caring about people and a lot more just a nicer person than what I remember her as in, in season two. Yeah, but that's before she, this is before she got all cut up. Yeah. This is yeah. before she lost oh her husband. God. This is before she lost her d- daughter. Like this is um this is a this is a different time for Xia Ying. So like I don't I kind of don't want her to have an evil plan cuz I want her to be like have that hurt people hurt people thing where, you know, she was bad because she was treated so poorly. Do you remember in um second season of Agents of Shield whenever Whitehall came back uh, after he had gotten out of prison, he came back to his lab and had a bunch of people standing there and she was among them. But she was like, she looked like just any other person. Or she looked like she was dirty, just kind of packed in with everybody else. Right. So what if what if all of these people that have been gathered up are those people? And he like Nathaniel's going to present them to Whitehall. Yeah. Absolutely might be the case. I would want, I would like that because that would be, you know, the team doesn't win. They don't accomplish their goal. And like they accidentally put into motion all of these events. But yeah, at this it point, doesn't really she make hasn't, sense though. Cause she hasn't met her bow. She hasn't met her yeah. new guy. And I think Daisy would have had to been born at that point already too. I'm not sure. I'm not totally sure. Yeah, I think. I think that Daisy would have to I think that Daisy would have had to have been born by now. Unless unless she was pregnant when she was going through all that with Whitehall, but I don't think so. Uh, that's that makes it even worse, you know. <sighs> yeah, I think that there's no way to mesh these timelines together. Uh, I just looked up how old Chloe Bennett is and it makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was born in 1992. Oh, oh, guys, we're old. We're 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 nah. so old. we're so old. We're not so. And old. most of our listeners are around our age, so like we're all just so old. Everybody yep. just realized, <laughs> freaking nineteen ninety two. Chloe Bennett was born. Huh. I was, you know, I was talking and walking by then. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what is 08? 08 4 is up next. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, I guess he is. <laughs> I was in a different tab, sorry. <laughs> 08 4 says, This episode was a gift to all of us who have made it through these six and a half seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. It not only draws on past seasons for its plot, but I feel like it's going to make the whole show better on a rewatch, especially seasons 2 and 3. The necklace that Yo-Yo kept sacred and passed on to Mac in the most stressful game of hot potato ever now has an even deeper meaning. The little cousin in the closet with her is probably the one who was killed by the dirty cop in her premiere episode. Mm. 
Nathaniel Malik, the little kid who was sacrificed by his own brother out of selfish fear, has the potential in him to be possibly one of my favorite S.H.I.E.L.D. villains if he keeps at what he's doing. And Daisy had a sister! A sister who killed herself five years before Daisy was even born! That's really going to make me look at Ying much differently if I ever go back and rewatch season two. And a sister who's joined Malik as a duo of jacked with powers villains who've now both cheated death. I'm so tensely excited for this last handful of episodes. One little thing that bothered me may not be or may not being the one to save Korra, which would have been a great redemptive moment for the Bahrain incident. But I do love the Mm. other direction they're going with it. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that would have been nice. <clears throat> One big thing that bothered me, Susan's new leg. I don't like it. I don't want it. The character's been such good representation for the disabled and has kicked so much ass even with his need for a crutch. He should have closed the case and declined it, even with all the future tech at his disposal. It made logical sense, but it feels just feels wrong. Until next time. Well... I, I would I'd push back on that because I don't think they gave him like a bionic leg. I think they just gave him a more modern prosthetic. And I think it's basically so the actor. Yeah, but I, 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 I could see where you would say like you want the character to continue to look like he has the limp and uh, have the obvious, you know, disability that he's that he's still kicking ass through. Like, uh, yeah, but I, 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 we'll see. We'll see how they handle it. Um, because I, th- I think that I think they're just trying to line up the timeline so he can be the cop, which I do want. But I do like the representation idea. But we'll, we'll, maybe we'll still get that. We'll still we'll still yeah. have the knowledge that he has the missing leg, um, even though. And it, it also just depends. It, I, like I said, I don't think this is a bionic leg, at least not yet. <laughs> it would have been better though for uh, for the character if if he had said to Simmons, like, Hey, you, you got all this technology here. You think you can make me a new leg, like something that maybe doesn't make me need the cane or have the limp. Like if he had reached out to her and said, can you do this for me? Like, can you make me a new prosthetic? It would have, it would have been a stronger, more, um, it would have provided more agency for him because then it's him wanting to overcome it. Not it, not the overcoming it being forced upon him. Yeah. That's not really even forced upon him, but like, Hey, you're broken. And I see that here's a, here's a thing to make you not broken. And you know, he's not broken. He's kicking ass. Like we've seen. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. That definitely gives more agency, that idea, but it also, like, makes him where, like, as soon as he sees future tech, he's just like, hey, can you fix me? Which uh, has its <laughs> own problems. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I, you know, the, I am, as we, as we said, weirdly, as we said, like, 30 minutes ago, we are not experts on, uh, on, on, you know, missing a leg. If there's someone out there who is, please write in and let us know uh, what you think about him getting this new prosthetic. We should just add West Vox to the call. Yeah, right just now. just call him right now, Matthew West Vox. What, what hey. do you think? Did you see episode eight yet? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Thank you, Matthew West Fox of the Superhero Ethics Podcast, for joining us here on the MCU Cast. Uh, if, if you don't mind us calling you in as tap, tapping you in as a little bit <laughs> of an expert, as a guy with uh, only one leg, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I'm an amputee. Uh, I have my right leg amputated below the knee, so I use a prosthetic quite a lot of the time, and I uh, use a wheelchair a lot of the time. And frankly, I am 
love being a last minute, you know, phone a friend guest for the MCU cast. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, sorry it wasn't your left hand because then you could be in the MCU. Also true. Also true. Um, <laughs> no, man. Uh, so, couple questions. Uh, you, you you have a prosthetic leg, correct? That is correct. How doesn't it the, the, these days they have fairly modern prosthetic legs, right? Like uh, even above the knee, you can get one that looks like you uh, have two legs. That's correct. Yeah, um, it, it's unfortunate. But the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan have actually meant there's been a huge uh, jump forward in terms of prosthetic technology because you had so many soldiers losing legs. Yep. And so, yeah, so they can be um, like a lot of people when I walk, they can't tell. And. I intentionally don't make mine look human-like because I kind of like looking like a robot. Um, <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. But you definitely can get them made to look as human as possible, including they will like paint leg hairs and stuff like that on on there. Oh wow! Uh, they um, my my prosthetic foot has toenails, so I can get a uh, I can get a pedicure if I want. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, just out of curiosity, like you said, it doesn't look like human skin. You want to look like a robot. So like, what is it like? It, did you, does it look like Star Warsy, or can you get that done? <laughs> Give an Ultron foot. You can get all sorts of things done. The biggest issue is price, because frankly, um, insurance will cover the most basic models. But beyond that, it gets very, very expensive, very fast. Um, but what I have is um, what's called a socket, which is like what it's molded to fit my stump. And so it fit, my stump fits into there and then bolts in. And then it's just literally a metal rod. Uh, and then the metal rod attaches to a foot. Oh, so it's like a Lieutenant Dan situation. Yeah, kind of. Uh, the foot is fairly pretty space age, too. It's basically got um, a better shock absorbing system than uh, a BMW because um, <laughs> it's made to. So that way I can like when I step on it, it will like take the energy of my stepping down onto it and then bounce me back up. Uh, so I can roll over it and, and kind of walk or even run normally. That's, that's awesome. Uh, that's really, really cool. Uh, so th- th- that, that was the first part of the question. How, 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 uh, how, how's the technology? I mean, that you answered that. The other question is, so uh, we're going to spoil a little bit for you. I know you haven't watched the season yet. So I'm so far behind because you keep annoying me by asking me to do more and more podcasts about more and more shows. <laughs> Uh, I am currently watching three different episodes tonight, just so we can record on them all tomorrow. So, Shield, I'm probably not going to get around to for a long time. Go ahead and spoil it. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, there's a character who is missing a leg. Okay. Who throughout the show uh, is um, he's he's from the past. <laughs> so he 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 walks with a crutch and he has some sort of uh, rudimentary walks cane. Uh, walks with a cane has some sort of rudimentary prosthetic leg as well. Walks with a cane, but he often uses his cane to just totally own people in fights, and he's kind of awesome for that That's reason. Not- well, I like it. I like yeah, it. yeah, it's really, really cool. Um, so, and I know you can't speak to the in- for the entire uh, able uh, whatever. I don't know the <laughs> proper term community. Disabled community. Disabled community. I, I didn't know if disabled was a proper term or not. Um, Differently abled. I hate that word. I just use disabled. But yeah, go okay. go. On. Okay, so the I know you can't speak for the entire disabled community, but um, when uh, in, in a he ends up time traveling. <laughs> Which is fun, uh, and and in a future episode, they they present him with a leg that looks 
that he's like, and they present him with a quote unquote normal leg that is, is, is a, is a modern, as far as we know, it's just a modern prosthetic. We don't think it's a, uh, we don't think it's a bionic leg or anything, which they've done for other characters who've lost limbs. Um, but, uh, curious your thoughts on that because some people have in our in our feedback people were expressing that they felt like that was that sucks because he was a he's kind of a a a, a hero for the disabled community because he's in there like you know getting it done with his cane and now they gave him kind of like a normal walking leg it's a complicated question um I was I, I think that often the situation you're describing is one that I think a lot of disabled people are bothered by myself included and What I mean by that is a situation where a character, in theory, has a disability, but then because of technology or some magic, uh, some magic technique or something, is able to basically completely ignore the disability. Right. Um, The reason why this matters is it's all about representation. It's about people want to see uh, or know that there's a character on screen who represents them. so I'll give you an example. One of my absolute favorite characters in all of fiction is Matt Murdock, Daredevil. Um, Daredevil is fantastic in so many ways. I would not say that Daredevil is a great step for disability representation because most blind people, and I've, I've spoken to a lot of blind activists who feel this way, not all, I don't think you can speak for anybody, but most of the, the blind activists who I've, heard, I've talked to, and certainly the way I would feel about it is, you know, Matt doesn't live the life of a blind person. He doesn't have the challenges of a blind person. He is because most blind people don't effectively have sonar <laughs> the way he does. Yeah. Uh, Toph from uh, Avatar: The Next Gen- uh, The Next Last Airbender, I think, is a much better representation of blindness, where the character is incredibly badass, but still has all the limitations of blindness. Um, for myself, as a disabled person, in terms of my physical mobility. Yoda is the example I often use for this. Yoda in the first couple of movies, the the originals, is great because he is incredibly wise, incredibly powerful, but he has physical limitations. I see myself in Yoda. When Yoda becomes magic animated pinball of the force, (laughs) I get really annoyed because it's like that he's not actually disabled. What are you giving us here? So I haven't seen the show you're talking about. I think... From the description you gave me, um, the character actually getting another leg, but that it's still a leg that he has to put on and take off. Um, I don't think I would have a problem with that because I think, yeah, I mean, I would like to be able to get in my own life. As I said, the technology, I've been an amputee for almost 20 years now. The technology has certainly gotten better and better and better, but... I still every day have to take the leg, put the leg on and take the leg off. And I still have to rub down my stump and deal with, you know, possible infections and stuff like that. And on Mm. certain mornings when I, um, this has nothing to do with alcohol, amusingly enough, but sometimes I just bounce all over the house and I take the leg off at some point and then I wake up the next morning and I don't remember where my leg is. Um, (laughs) And I think no matter how high tech a leg I would get, I would still have those challenges. So, if the character gets a leg that is a Tony Stark design that can shoot lasers and seduce women and drive James Bond cars and do anything else it wants, but they still have that day-to-day lived experience of taking off the leg and dealing with it, I would love that. I think, yeah, that sounds great. Um, 
given the fact that some of the other uh, fans and responders are saying that they think this is problematic, well, I, I'd be curious who those folks are. Um, it, it may be that they're sort of doing the, I think this is supposed to be offensive, and so I, I, I would be the one to say, from what you described, I don't think it sounds offensive. Um, but certainly, I know you know maybe some of those folks are folks who you know understand how all this works and are saying it bothers them. And certainly, I don't think well, whatever their perspective is, if it bothers someone, I don't think that person's wrong about it. Um, some things will bother me. As I joked at the beginning, there's some language that some disabled folks like that I don't particularly like myself. That's fine. So. As you said, I can't speak for the whole community, and I've probably gone on much longer than you wanted me to. Um, but I, the result, of it, the end result of all this is, I'd say, um, from your initial description, it doesn't sound like something that would bother me. Uh, the fact that other people are bothered by it makes me now want to go stop and take a look and try to learn more about this. And because I think it's certainly possible that it's offensive or problematic. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what I would judge it by, and maybe we have to watch a few more episodes to see, is... Mm-hmm. Does it remove that lived experience of being a disabled person? You know, if it is a leg that is now just attached to them 24-7 and they can sleep in it and they never have to, if for all intents and purposes lets them forget and lets the audience forget that they're an amputee, that's a problem. If it is the most high-tech leg possible, but it still has the realities of being an amputee, then yeah, that's totally fine with me. Cool. I, I really appreciate you uh, tagging in, Matthew. Uh, we were like, we were sitting here ha- having a conversation back and forth about whether we thought it was offensive, and I was like, well, you know, we we, we don't know anything about this stuff, so let's see if Matthew's free. <laughs> yeah, no, that that sounds totally great. I'm glad you guys uh, tagged me in for this. Uh, do you ever use the line uh, "I get ready one leg at a time" like everyone else? <laughs> <laughs> I've not used that. Um, I do have. Um, my ex-wife had a button that she loved uh, that said, I heart my gimp boyfriend. Um, <laughs> because one thing she found is um, I go to Six Flags or something like that. I go to the front of every line. Um, we drive <laughs> downtown for any big event. I can always find parking. That's great. Sounds like you've got a leg up on every situation. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the, that I, have cert- I have certainly said that. I've not used the particular line you mentioned. I've certainly said things like, I was so angry I leapt to my foot. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, worked with a, I worked with a guy when I was, um, when I was younger. I worked with a guy uh, as he was a handyman, and he was very handy, uh, but he was missing both of his thumbs. Somehow he got around and did, did all this work around the house with, with no thumbs. So mm-hmm. it was pretty, it was very impressive. Um, but we were sitting on the porch one day and I'm, I'm his assistant working with him and he's telling me what to do and everything. And, uh, he used the phrase, Oh man, I'm all thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not know him well enough to laugh. I wasn't sure. And he, <laughs> he did not crack a laugh. Like he didn't let me know that that was an intentional joke. And I was like, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you're joking. And I don't know if you, I don't know if this joke is at my expense because I'm not allowed <laughs> to laugh now. That was, that was pretty yeah, great. I, I, it is honestly a thing that I think a lot of, uh, uh, disabled folks would do myself and in, in myself as part of this. Um, th- there's a great deal of uncomfort that can often surround being disabled. And I think it's, it's understandable, but it's annoying because part of, I think a huge part of the whole disability rights movement and disability awareness movement is the idea of getting away from thinking that we are different and strange and weird. Because like in my case, 
you can look at it as the default, the human body is assumed to have two legs, and anything else from that is different and weird and strange. Um, or you can say, statistically, often the human body has two legs, but we don't have to define the human body as having two legs because it can have one, it can have more, you know, it, there are many different options. Yeah. Um, and I think the closer we get to that, the less uncomfortable people will be around disability. And I never mean to be mean about it. I never mean to, cr- to be cruel about it. But certainly every now and then, if people are a little uncomfortable, I, if I'm feeling a little uh, New Yorker, I will happily, you know, put them in a situation where they're kind of uncomfortable about that. <laughs> in part because it's funny and, you know, I can't walk, so I get to have a little fun. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, I can't walk well. But, but also just because I think it is a way of breaking down that uncomfort. And generally when I've done that with a friend, it's been able to break the ice and let them know that they can joke about it too and that it's an okay thing and it doesn't have to be a point of weirdness between the two of us. Yeah, and what you describe with, um, you know, letting people know there, there are different types of people in the world, um, what you describe is just exactly what you just what you describe when you try to get getting rid of any prejudice, you know, yeah. like when you're trying to get to know other races or other uh whatever cultures cultures in general. in general any any anything anyone that's different than you uh learning that they are they are human too and like they, they yeah. just because they don't fit your view of what the default human is that doesn't mean their experience is invaluable or that they aren't valuable and their experience is invalid i guess yeah so yeah, the the fact that you're an amputee is not the reason I think you're weird or different. Yeah, no, it's pure. I I, I thought that long before I knew you were an amputee. <laughs> I mean, I take popcorn entertainment and make it philosophy dissertations. So clearly, I'm kind of strange. Yeah, um, I, I will close with one last story, and then I will go back to the many many episodes of television I have to watch tonight for Pandavision, which I mm-hmm. hope are are your guests are checking out because it's an awesome podcast. Many years ago. And I, I, I still feel fine about this, but I, I, I can imagine some folks might kind of uh, have some questions about the ethics involved. Um, I found my, I have a younger sister. She's much younger than I am. Uh, and I, I, at this point in time, this is back when I was in high school, or no, so this is back when I was in my early 20s. I did like to use the phrase, I will take my leg off and beat you with it. Um, you know, as a humorous, like showing my annoyance at a friend. Mm. Uh, the, the way uh, the toxic masculine kind of, you know, guys joshing each other stuff that I, I've tried to mostly grow out of, but I'm not totally out of yet. So there I am, a man in my early 20s, and I come home, I'm staying with my mother at this point, and I find that my uh, 17-year-old sister is on the couch making out with her boyfriend. Now, I am someone who wants to support my sister and all of her explorations and fun having, but I'm also a 23-year-old man who sees a chance to have some uh, humor in the situation. So I go into the other room, I take off my leg, I hold it above my head while hopping back into the room and scream, unhand my sister or feel a cripple's wrath. (laughs) (laughs) You're wrong for that. (laughs) Probably not the best moment and not language I would encourage any any able-bodied person to use, uh, but it was a fun moment. And I think a good demonstration that, yeah, we, 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 we can have fun with this kind of thing. I like it. Well, thank you for joining us, Matthew, for the for this uh, impromptu session, r- impromptu rap session about disabilities. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate you. I'm happy to be tagged in. Have a good day, guys. You too. Peace. Um, okay, but yeah, I love. By the way, 084, I really appreciate you because you are remembering a lot of this deep 
continuity that I am, you know, it's been a long time. I haven't rewatched this stuff in years. And so uh, like, what's the Mac and the hot potato ever? What, what, what are they? The necklace that Yo-Yo kept sacred and passed on to Mac in the most stressful game of hot potato ever. Uh, I know she passed the necklace on to Mac. What, what hot potato is he talking about? (laughs) Or does he just mean passing it down over the years in, I in honestly don't situations. remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what he's talking about there. But all this other stuff with uh, Zha Ying and uh, the connection there. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. They, like, it's cool that they're they're tying it to so many different moments in Shield history. And thank you, Oid, for for writing in all those because those are all some really cool stuff. Um, and yeah, see, that's the thing. So apparently, at this moment. Zha Ying is supposed to lose a daughter, and then shortly hereafter, she gets a husband, you know, not a husband, a partner in um, Captain McDrippy hands. And <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a while since we got to mention Captain McDrippy hands. Oh um, man, she gets that a has been a minute. <laughs> she gets a partner, and then he. She thinks he dies, I believe. I think she thinks he's dead, so she loses him too, and she gets cut on by Whitehall. So, like, there's a lot of stuff she does. She's about to go through in this in this episode, and like, for Daisy's sake, I think it's interesting that they're like kind of saving Ying's future um, by stopping her daughter from dying here, even if and and probably stopping Hydra, Whitehall, and Nathaniel. Um, I would think, I think that that would probably be the goal here. Yeah. Yeah. So excited. Be cool. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's Uh, see. Next up, Brett Heyer. Heyer? I don't know. Hey, there's there's too too many vowels in a sequence sequence there. I don't like it. Change your last name, Brett. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't work work for me. me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Brett H. says, hey guys, I love this episode. Jay and Gordon were great to see. Also, Daisy has a half-sister. Nathaniel Malik is so awesome as Quake. He is becoming one of my favorite Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. villains. I began my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. rewatch the other day, and in episode uh, 102, or season 1, episode 2, 084, Grant Ward stabs Paul into the ground, and it emits a giant blue wave of energy. It looked familiar, and I realized it was from the preview of 702, where Mac does the same thing. But I didn't remember seeing it in the episode, so I went back and watched the preview for 702, and there's a ton of stuff we haven't seen yet. Mac using the pole weapon with Susan behind him, Chronicom warships in space, the Triskelion getting blown up, etc. Wow. I don't remember any of that, do you? I, I, I don't. Uh, this is also um, in one of the previews trailers for the for an upcoming episode. And like we usually don't watch those. It's only been recently that we've started watching them kind of in preparation or at the end of the episodes, you know, the, yeah. the weekly episode in preparation for the next one. And honestly, looking back over what six years of doing this, we probably should have been doing that the whole time. Yeah, totally agree. And it's something we'll probably start <laughs> doing with other shows like this. Cause it's a super fun way to end an episode. Like what's going to happen. Cause we always like to speculate and then we get to the end and we actually like get to see a thing, but this is crazy. We get a, so 
something with this stabbing something in the ground, blue light. That's weird. And that's something that happened in the first, first season. That's crazy. Um, and then we, we also apparently are going to get something with, uh, the actual chronochrome warships, the Triskelion blowing up like this. This all sounds interesting. And I'm, uh, I'm here for it, man. I am here for yeah. it. Yeah. There is a lot going on and we haven't seen the half of it. <laughs> hmm. Okay, and then Brett continues, but I believe he continues with spoilers for the trailer. So we and, and you know he talked all about this trailer. So let's uh or this other trailers. So let's see what happens on next week. Yeah, let's go watch the trailer for As I Have Always Been. Sweet. Okay, episode Holy nine shit, looks Matt. trippy. Holy shit, Matt, we get a time loop episode. We do. This feels like classic bottle episode television, you know? Like, they're going to do a little bottle thing where they're just stuck on the ship doing their thing. I'm down for it. I'm here for it. Um, that's always the things they like to do once a season to save some money. Um, it feel, <laughs> this feels very Star Trek. They do Star Trek episodes that are very similar to this. Um Okay, so I like it. And it looks like it looked almost like Coulson's a villain in this, though. Like he's been trapped in the loop, and I guess he has been living the loop while everyone else has been um, just experiencing them one at a time. And somehow Daisy gets through it, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it looks like it looks like Coulson and Daisy both are experiencing the time loop uh, every time. Hmm. Yeah. And th- it looks like they're both asleep whenever the, the thing happens, like whenever the, the jump happened. I'm, I'm thinking that that's like the, the reset point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is that they, you know, they wake up and I don't know, maybe maybe it's Daisy. Daisy getting out of her healing chamber because that's where she was at the end of this episode when they blinked out of existence. Right. And like Daisy wakes up out of the healing chamber. I'm thinking that maybe Daisy goes to turn Coulson on and because Coulson was asleep, he also goes through the time loop. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure why. Yeah. It why looks, does it happen this but way? But it looks like he is not happy to be stuck in this time loop. And I wonder if he's been experiencing it differently. Um, and that's making him, you know, pushing him into a different frame of mind. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Brett uh, continued with spoilers for 709 preview i'm so excited for this episode i feel like we haven't gotten a lot of daisy this season and we're getting an episode with her in a time loop fun fact this episode was directed by elizabeth henstridge aka Gemma simmons i think it will be tough for daisy to watch her friends die over and over again especially susa because there has been some romantic tension between them keep up the great work mm, yeah absolutely um you know it's interesting that it's Elizabeth Hempster uh, directing this. Um, it feels a little horror-esque with everyone dying, the way Coulson was talking. It feels a little creepy, which is a very common thing for directors to do first. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of really great directors get their start in um, horror, partially because like, it's, it's like an easy emotion to elicit. And I think like that's a thing that's a that's I, at least that's always been my theory about why they start there. Um, and something about being like loving the effects and stuff, too. But it's interesting to me. This seems feels so horror esque and it's her uh, outing as a director. I don't think she's directed an episode before this. Uh, not that I've seen. Um, but then again, that's not something that I normally look for. Um, 
Not the first cast member, or not the first, yeah, not the first cast member to direct an episode, though. Uh, Clark Gregg did that last season. Cool. On one episode. Love it. Yeah, uh, okay, so according to IMDb, she's directed nothing. Uh, she's directed a short called Air, which is in post-production. That also doesn't include this episode, though, so maybe it's because it isn't out yet. Yeah, it could be. Could be. could be because it's just dropping tomorrow because we, we, we you, with your work schedule, we had, we get, we just getting to record about this the day before it comes out next week. I'm sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. Um, all right, let's hit this uh, last piece of feedback. Vin finished his feedback with some spoilers for the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, spoiler for next episode trailer. Oh, we get the, <laughs> we get the, the opposite opinion. I'm just not excited for next episode. I love Groundhog's Day, but this last episode made me want to know so much about where Fitz is, and this next episode is really the first of this season that feels like it will be filler. I don't think that Daisy has gotten enough screen time this season. I've always seen her as, or seen her and Coulson as main stars of the show, and I feel like she deserves more on her last season, but doing her as Bill Murray doesn't really do it justice. Mm -hmm. I would have loved her going to Afterlife and pretending she doesn't know her own mother and just having to play along. Thanks. Yeah, I I hear where Vin's coming from. I, I think that the, I think that there's a bit actually a lot of filler this season. Um, I think that, but I, I don't think it's been bad for the most part. I, I mentioned earlier, I think this episode we just watched, episode eight, was a little filler-esque. I didn't, even though it, it moved the story along a little bit, I didn't feel like there were huge emotional stakes in this episode um, or big character changes, uh, with the exception yeah. of Yo-Yo. But most of the change was she got a new power, which doesn't feel, um, you know, as rewarding as I want it to, I guess. Yeah. And I think the, the major thing that happened in this episode is the, uh, the shift, um, of villain because it had been the Chronicoms, but now it's Sybil who is directing Nathaniel. And so he's the, the, the guy that everybody's got to watch out for. I guess he's the guy that, they're going to have to fight against in the end and it's going to be quake on quake and they're going to quake each other apart. I don't know. Possibly, but we also still have Sybil in charge of him. So it could be, he could be a red herring altogether. We saw, um, daddy Malik go through generations here thinking he was building up to be this big thing. And then he just kind of was unceremoniously killed. So uh, what do you think Nathaniel and Deke, how do you think they'll interact? Does, does Nathaniel know that he killed his father? I doubt it. I, and honestly, I doubt he cares because like he was, he was supposed to die. And that's the main thing that he right. has been harping on is like, I was supposed to die in the, the time stream. So, you know, I'm not dead. So I'm just going to wreak havoc. Um, he said, I'm going to bring anarchy. And I was like, the way that he emphasized anarchy, I'm like, is there something I'm missing here? Like, is there a character call out from the comics that I don't know? Like, I was thinking that exact thing. I was thinking like when the way he said anarchy, I was like, that's exactly how agent of shield likes to like call out a character character name from the comics. Yeah. Um, there yeah. is an anarchy, uh, but it doesn't look like it is, um, well, the same. There's an, there's an anarchy in DC and there's like, there's very small characters that are known as anarchy in, uh, in Marvel history that pretty much have nothing to do with, you know, 
this or anything like this. Yeah. I'm looking at this, an agent of ultimatum, a terrorist organization devoted to bringing the end to all nations. Anarchy once defeated Punisher and Moon Knight during a mass theft of munitions. Yeah, it doesn't sound anything like what's going on here. So, but uh, yeah, it did seem like I, I thought that exact same thing. So that's kind of funny that it seemed like it was a comic book call out. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I think that this episode will... It could be filler, and that that bums me out because there's only five episodes left. But it also, as I mentioned, is a bottle episode. So maybe there's maybe it's a bottle episode because they're saving their budget. Maybe they'll do something really interesting with her character in this episode, and they'll move Daisy's character along in a way that uh, leaves us ready for something really cool in the coming episodes. You know? Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Let's hope. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is all. Thank you for joining us. This has been a long episode for our Shield cast. Uh, we had to throw in a little interview about uh, disabilities in the middle. Loved it. Uh, thanks for joining us, Matthew West Fox. Check out the Superhero Ethics Podcast. Uh, you can find that also at StrandedPanda.com, where you can find all our other shows, too. Um, yeah. Uh, we love you guys very much. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Until next time.